0: Welcome back to One Nation Radio. Uh, This is Rich. I'm sitting here with James and joining us to preview the United States Championship match between Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens, a first-time guest, not new to me, new to James, and new to One Nation Radio, uh, my man David Fenichel. What's going on, man?
1: Not too much. Thanks for having me, Rich.
0: For sure, man. Um, so, uh, Dave, just uh, the first time you come on uh, One Nation Radio, we just asked a couple questions. We asked who's your favorite wrestler of all time, and just to uh, tell us about yourself a little bit.
1: Well, I'm almost afraid to admit that it's Hulk Hogan because I feel oh. like I'm going to get a lot of vitriol from everybody <laughs> listening. But I did grow up in the '80s. It's kind of Hulk Hogan, as much as I'm embarrassed to admit it now.
2: Oh, we both love Hulk Hogan until we find out that you know he doesn't really.
1: Do. Love us as
2: much we love him.
1: Yeah, he kind of wants to, you know, hang people from trees and all sorts of stuff. It's a problem.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but I, I mean, I I know he doesn't want, you know, uh, people procreating with his
1: uh, with his daughter. That are isn't I, it sad that there's here. still people in the world that think like that?
2: Uh, well, it's the world I've been living in, so I don't know how to really. I,
1: mean, <laughs> no, I've I don't, in, so well, I don't, I don't really know any, any other, other world. Way. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I guess so. Uh, so uh and, and,
2: Race so, Talk on the Wrestling yep, Show. Yep, there we go.
0: You know, One <laughs> Nation Radio, the Radio. home for race. <laughs> but uh tell tell them about uh, your writing style and the and places that, that you've written and uh different things like that, Dave. Um uh,
1: you know I do a little bit of writing on and off for LOP. Uh I guess uh you know I'm a little different because I'm ridiculously positive about the product all the time. And uh, our portion of the community generally tends to not be that way. So I, I think I give an alternative voice. I wouldn't exactly say I'm the uh, the uh, most popular person in our neck of the woods, but uh, I, uh, I think people enjoy reading my stuff, even if just so that they can pull their hair out of their heads and scream at the top of their lungs. Um,
0: Dave wrote a column that he sent me that was like him essentially – writing from the perspective of a fan that just, he just tore WrestleMania to shreds and it was absolutely awesome. And it just, it was, it was hilarious. Like, uh, I want to say the Seth Rollins, triple H part was probably my favorite part. Um, I'll find the link to that and, uh, and I'll put it in the description for this show for you guys to check it out. But, um, let's, let's get started. And now that we've arrived, has this been one of the best long form stories WWE's ever told? Uh, Dave, we'll go ahead and start with you, man.
1: You know, I have to think so. I mean, most, especially in the monitor, most long-term stories are built around multi-pay-per-view matches. It's rare that they give a storyline really uh, a lot of time to percolate the way that this has, you know? I loved everything about it. I mean, uh, the friendship obviously produced comedic gold week after week, month after month. And even though you knew the breakup was coming, by the time that day came, you felt like you didn't see it coming. James?
2: Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. I mean you know, we talk about this, like my, I have a huge gap of time of the WWE wrestling from, um, from like 2000 to 2011, but, and I'm still trying to fill in the blanks here and there, but from 2011 to, to now for WrestleMania feud, this is, this is definitely in the top five. This is definitely up there. I mean, this feud is so good that I don't think people ever really give it the, pro, uh, give it the credit it deserves from, even if you go before SummerSlam when they did the tag match against, uh, the, the Brooklyn Guido's, uh so if you think of it uh those are those degenerates so if you if you think about when they were doing the uh the money in the bank feud and they're all in the ladder match against each other jericho and owens were throwing barbs at everybody else in the match except each other like there were times where jericho would say stuff and Owens Owens would be like yeah you're right
0: it's that canadian brotherhood like that they had
2: yeah and then and then you know you get to the point where Jericho, like, he's about to get his ass kicked and then Owens gets his back and then we and you fast forward from there to now and you're thinking my gosh like one there was a point where they could have they should have you know broken uh, the new day streak or uh, you know day streak of, of, for the title reign somewhere in like December they should have been tag champions while they were while they were while Owens was champion that's how good they were mm-hmm you get to now with, you know, one of the greatest, you know, turns in, in modern history, and this has been done very, very well. Uh, this is, you know, like, I don't think even the most staunch, you know, person that's anti-WWE or anti, you know, these these guys these days don't know what the hell they're doing. Like, this is this thing really, from a storyline perspective, like, really holds up to all types of, like, scrutiny, as far as looking at looking at it all laid out and seeing like where they started, where they ended up, and where they went along the entire way to get here,
0: I think uh, also another underrated part about it um, is the the times they would throw you off the scent. Where we would think, uh, like in December, where you know the the problems look like they would arise, but they'd always bring it right back together and be like, "Oh, okay, you know these guys are safe for another yeah. month." Uh, and then when the calendar rolled, as Dave said, it was like, "Wow, I, I couldn't like I had no idea the Festival of Friendship would be it, you know." And and I think that was yeah. really cool to see, uh, especially you know knowing both these guys can get it done on the mic, uh, and you know that. That really kind of brings me to the next point um, with this. The We know the mic work has been so awesome. The story has been great. But undeniably, uh, I've said it on this podcast before, uh, Chris Jericho has been a great wrestler for at least 25 years. We are past that point. Um, he is, I feel like, you know, this is his 27th year as a pro. There's clearly a different guy that was there at least two years ago. Does Chris Jericho have it in him to turn the clock back for, for a night? Does
1: he? No, no, go ahead, David. Sure. Does he? Sure. Will he? I don't know. Um, you know, he's been up and down. He's had some good matches in last year, but mostly he's underperformed. I mean, and you kind of hit the nail on the head. are he 45 years old at this point? I think he's I mean, 47, actually. It's pretty – 47. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. uh, That's, that's even crazier. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't really think so. You know, I think that, um, he really needs the right dance partner to have great matches now. And, uh, you know, he had a, he had a couple really good matches with AJ Styles, but at this point I think anybody could pretty much have a good match with AJ Styles. I'm not sure Kevin Owens is the right dance partner for him, uh, from a stylistic purpose in the ring. Um, KO is a little weird too. You know, he's been really up and down in his matches. Um you know, over the past couple of years since he's been in there, he's had some fantastic, phenomenal matches against the likes of John Cena and Dean Ambrose and Sami Zayn, but then he's laid a couple legs like that horrible SummerSlam match he had against Cesaro a couple of years ago. So, you know, I'm not sure that he's the right guy to to bring Jericho where you we all would hope that a feud of this magnitude would, would ultimately get to.
0: James? Yeah,
2: um, I, I tend to agree with you guys. Uh, I think this match, for better or worse, will be carried on the heat from from the crowd. Um, you know, I think you know this 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 feud is probably as consistent as a consensus. The uh, the top match or the most cared about match for the people that would, buy, you know, drop. Fifteen hundred dollars on plane, travel, lodging, and the ticket to get to WrestleMania. Um, so, I think if, if depending on how how hot this crowd is, they could carry this. And also, of course, if they give it the time it deserves, yeah, if they can get if they can get over eighteen minutes, they could do some they could they could do something um, very memorable.
0: I think well, that, t- that's a
2: good point.
1: Uh, I'm sorry, go uh, ahead.
0: Uh, I was going to say, I think Jericho needs to walk in Vince's office and demand that he get at least 20 minutes and he's not taking no for an answer because these guys were literally the backbone of Monday Night Raw as it slogged through a terrible period. Uh, But you were saying, Mm -hmm. Dave?
1: No, I I think you guys bring up a great point here. Unfortunately, I think we're all in for some disappointment on that end. Um, You know, even on a four-hour show, ten matches is a lot. And, uh, you know, then we've got to factor in musical performances the Hall of Fame ceremony, the obligatory New Day segments, things of that the nature. Obliga-
2: the obligatory Rock 20-minute segment where he right, lights something right. on
1: fire. Something ridiculous that we're not thinking of that's just going to be a complete time dump is is definitely going to be there. And, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really worried about it, to be honest, because let's really think about it, right? So Goldberg-Lesnar is going to be a short match. You know Undertaker's not getting his time cut. You know Shane McMahon's not getting his time cut. You know Triple H is not getting his time cut. So where is the most likely place to... Uh, to, for the matches to get their time cut, either the Bray Wyatt Randy Orton title match or the Chris Jericho Kevin Owens uh, U.S. match, and uh, you know lowest lowest match on the totem pole probably loses out there. So I wouldn't be surprised if they don't get more than ten minutes. If I'm if I'm Jericho, I'm if I'm Jericho, and I and I care,
2: like I'm I'd rather ask for forgiveness than uh, than ask for permission.
0: Yeah, you know th- we always hear the framing story about Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 25 when they wanted to give uh, him and Undertaker 15 minutes, and I feel like they're like I, I feel like if I was a fly on the wall, I would have saw Undertaker and Shawn Michaels look at each other backstage, like, yeah, right, like, like, <laughs> like we're, like we're going go there and Shawn, do what we do.
2: Shawn went over on time at WrestleMania 22 against Vince. <laughs> Shawn don't care. Yep. Shawn uh, knew if he had a good, if he had a great a good match, all would be forgiven. And, I, and Jericho's been around enough, and has has had his ass chewed out enough by Vince Man over the years to know what he what, what he's willing to put up with.
0: Yeah, man. Um, the Kevin Owens uh, last year was his WrestleMania debut. Um, he, you know, is famously dubbed this time of the year, KO mania. He's got his second shirt released. Um, this is going to be his first singles contest, uh, at WrestleMania. And it is in a great storyline. And, you know, I just want to know, like after previously him being the universal champion and then coming into WrestleMania season, kind of just getting the, the carpet yanked from underneath him. How important is this match for Kevin Owens career?
1: Oh, go ahead, David. You're, look,
0: you're the guest. You're the guest. You yes. you're, yeah,
1: that's all you, man. <laughs> you know, I'm so used to being on the Docs podcast and having to listen to him randler 20 minutes before I can get my point in. Oh, Jensen, <laughs> that, uh, that let me go first. Um, yeah, I don't think it's important at all. I, I, honestly, I think Kevin Owens has established himself at this point. I mean, he's doing everything that needs to be done to be a long-term superstar. I think he's a made man. I think regardless of what happens here, he's going to be at the top of the card, whether it's on Raw or being traded to SmackDown. So I don't think he needs a good performance here. I think we're going to get a good performance, you know, albeit maybe in a limited time period, but um, I I don't think it matters at all. I don't think that this is going to have any bearing on his long-term future or success.
0: James?
2: In that sense of, you know, starting out, uh, what's going to, you know, depending on how the match turns out, what's going to happen on Monday, not much really matters. Um, From the historical perspective, and you know we 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 had chat on um, the other day, so I'm starting to, I'm starting to feel getting more into this mode of thinking like WrestleMania has, you know this um, as like almost like a each one is almost like a, a a part of time in history. Right. Um, it it starts to matter. Uh, I think it matters for guys when they have their first solo match at WrestleMania. Uh, to an extent. I mean, depending on how they want to build it, especially now, like. They they make it seem like every single match was at WrestleMania it was always a classic, and we look and they and, and when they do their history thing, like every single thing was magic. So if that's what they want to sell, then you know I feel like the guys that are you know they're getting checks and they're around that all the time feel like they want to go out there and put on the best match they possibly can. So from his perspective, I, I feel like he wants to do that at least for the fact of he can look back a year from now going into WrestleMania 34, if he's, you know, everything's, you know, he's healthy and ready to go, thinking like, I, you know, I've I built a career and a, a momentum going in an upward trajectory. So I, I think it matters. I think it matters for his long-term career over, over the span of the next five or three, four, five, six, seven years, however long he's with the company.
0: I say this, like if I was him, I wouldn't mail it in at all Because with WWE, nothing is guaranteed come WrestleMania time And it's always nice to have that insurance or that resume to fall back on Be like, yeah, I've done this, this, and this Against this opponent, this opponent, and this opponent Like, how can you deny me? and you know even in some chances you do get denied but still it's nice to have um and starting out a career for Kevin Owens getting uh possibly you know a win and having a show-stealing performance um like this can do nothing but help him especially when it's time for him to pull someone up like a Sami Zayn or something like that eventually so especially like for for Owens to establish himself uh, with that Shield group and also you know Bray Wyatt and all these guys he doesn't want to fall behind here I feel like
2: yeah it's all it's all it's all arms race a race to the top it literally uh, is
0: like yeah. yeah yeah like yeah um
2: I, okay so another part of it when it comes to Owens why I think he'll he'll he I don't think he'll melt in I think he'll care a great deal. Is he's one of those guys that you've seen be visibly upset when he's had something happen to his match on pay per view, get bumped or or moved down. Like for, so, Hell in a Cell, for example, when he came out there screaming to the camera, "This is the real main event" because he got bumped from the main event. He cared. That means that was something. That wasn't just some put on thing for the cameras or whatever. When he's got, whenever he got out, you know, Brooklyn NXT 2015. That was yeah, he was like, like I drew
0: this house pretty he, much. He really,
2: he really did not want to be outdone that night. It, it it happened, you know, and he had the crowd react to whatever shenanigans happened in the crowd during the main event. But he really wanted that thing to go off without a hitch. Like the dude, like has a has a, I guess it's an attitude about wanting to outdo everybody. Like he has that chip on his shoulder.
0: Um, moving on to the next question, um uh is this this, is the uh u.s title important to this feud at all did it you know in couple with that did it take a hit for you when we started like putting a piece together that it wasn't for the universal championship
1: no not at all i don't think the title matters at all i don't think anybody cares for the u.s title i think half the people don't even remember that the title's on the line (laughs) Um, it's fine for what it is, you know. I would have been fine if it was for the Universal title. I'm perfectly okay with Goldberg versus Lesnar being for the Universal title. I know that's an unpopular opinion, but uh, that's uh, that's neither here nor there. I'm totally cool with it. I don't think it matters all. I think the feud has been so good. It could have been for the Universal title, it could have been for the U.S. title, or it could have been for no title at all, and guys like us would still be foaming at the mouth ready to watch it.
2: Given where they ended up, um where you had Jericho with the belt, you had owens with the belt, and you had uh i mean they 're not going to do champion versus champion they're not, like i like I love Jericho and I love Owens, but they're not exactly Hogan and warrior right so <laughs> um move move the top belt onto the cart to the match that they believe is going to either chop draw whatever drawing is at this point in time with the fake numbers and whatever descriptions but if this turns into Kevin Owens making a run with the secondary title. I don't see how he, he wouldn't um, elevate the title in much the same way that he kept up um, what they were trying to do with the intercontinental title over the past couple of years. So by have a strong secondary champion and no, don't treat it both like a joke. And you, ha- you might have something in the future for where those matches mean something. I mean, granted, I don't think it's going to be the John Cena uh, open challenge like it was two years ago. But if you put top or top guys or guys that are in the main event scene from time that most of the time, when they're not, you know, on Broadway, when they're off Broadway with that belt, you have something to be able to sell on pay-per-view and also um, on TV whenever they have a match that they want to get over for a title match. Like, I mean, if you just look at the women's title match, like those those girls on Raw having those quality those quality type of matches for the title. That meant something. I granted their feuds weren't always the greatest, and their and and the promos weren't always the greatest. But you look back in retrospect, you look back at like the matches they had, and we you know you looked at all of these feud of the year things. People put Sasha versus Sasha, I'm sorry, Sasha versus Charlotte up there because of those matches. Now, if you can do that, that sort of thing, and push um, the secondary titles, it actually means something as opposed to like the intercontinental title, like seven years ago then i feel like it's a good thing for the company
0: yeah um me personally you know this whole thing was that uh kevin owens and chris jericho and i just want to speak for the folks that are furious about this i'm not as furious about it not being for the universal title but there are are people that are out there like if i don't mention this they would, you know, they'd be like, hold on, this you're just ignoring, like, you know, this this big part of the thing. The whole, you know, thing when they were together was they were both the universal champion. And it was, this was clearly like, you know, Chris Jericho, he was the champion too. And they defended the belt together. And after all those times, you know... Uh, Jericho saved the title. He was the one that that kind of fucked him out of it. It, it really didn't make any sense. Like, like yeah, if you so, don't like, screw that guy, you, maybe you get a world title match at WrestleMania. Right. <laughs> I so, don't know. So That's just pretty, me thinking that. So
2: pretty much like when they were both the the, the universal US champion, it was kind of like with when, when Smokey. Or uh, it's kind of like with Debo with with, well, with Red's bike and Friday. Yeah, like, it was, it was of theirs. It was both our bikes, but it, but it stays in my career. Uh,
0: <laughs> exactly exactly um, okay. yeah and, and I don't know that that's a little that's just, I feel like that's just a plot hole in, in it but you know uh, uh, there you know it's, it's no secret that WrestleMania is, is come to be dominated by um, uh, non full time competitors I don't know about you guys but I don't consider Chris Jericho a part timer or anything like that when he comes back he comes to work like he's coming to yeah. do the house shows he's much like Batista in that sense uh, or Batista, much like him in that sense. Um, there there are two full-time guys in this match. Uh, how did WWE mess around and book this? Doesn't this go against the WrestleMania format? And this is kind of a, uh, you know, uh, uh, this is to get Dave going.
1: <laughs> oh, God, I guess I have to educate the public again. So Chris Jericho <laughs> is no less of a part-timer than... A Brock Lesnar or Bill Goldberg. Doing house shows really holds no water in my eyes. How often he actually wrestles doesn't necessarily hold any water in my eyes either. You're either there all the time or you're not. And he comes and goes as he pleases. So I think it's an awfully interesting double standard that our internet wrestling community has when looking at a guy like Chris Jericho versus a guy that just might not happen to be one of their darlings. Um, but as far as the, the, the whole idea that we don't get full-time performers at WrestleMania, I mean, I think people are just being completely ridiculous about it. Uh, the card shapes up how the card's going to shape up. Some years they feature more part-time guys. Some years they feature less. People seem to want to conveniently forget that Bray Wyatt's in one of the main events this year. And uh, that is uh, a pretty unique occurrence in itself. So ultimately, I don't really view um, the whole idea that you know, there's, there's very few matches of importance between two full-time wrestlers.
2: Okay, this is what I'll say. Um, in regards to the Jericho thing, Jericho's been full time with the company for what, like a year, a year and a half, something like
0: that. Yeah, he came back at the beginning of
2: 2016. Yeah, so or not a year and a half. He's been a, he's year been like a 15
0: months. months or something straight. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, um, I, I mean, I'm I'm not really as bothered much bothered by the, uh, you know, the old guard still being there and coming in and coming out or whatever as much as the other guys um my, my thing is i would i would like it if they interacted with more of the top guys on the everyday roster so like it's one thing for them to you know to have them fight each other it's another thing for to have them fight the other guys and by other guys i mean anybody that's not just roman reigns or john cena if, you know if john cena <laughs> Actually, we're not in this tag match, but you get my drift. Like, it seems like the only guys that they put in these feuds with them are either themselves. Like, it's like it's almost like they're, like, the gods on Mount Olympus, and they're and they're fighting each other.
0: Either that they're or, the, or everyone then, else like, are you lepers. You have, like, the
2: guys that are just below there every day, and then, like, they have a, a, one or two guys climb up the mountain to Mount Olympus, and then they might stay there or they may not. I well, just wish they – I wish they – did a little bit more
1: mingling that's all to, to be fair two two points here number one i mean they they've put seth rollins in a pretty prominent position across uh from a part-timer but you know number two if you didn't have guys like dean ambrose screwing up the and stinking up the joint against brock lesnar last year at wrestlemania maybe they'd have more faith in in some of the uh the newer guys but uh that that's neither here nor there I, like, I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You
2: thought, <laughs> you thought that match was Brock's fault. You thought that match was was Dean Ambrose's fault. Oh,
1: it was everybody involved's fault. You can't if, you can't just blame one person. You've got to blame no, everyone. I agree, agree.
2: but I that mean match that's not is how. Horrible. You, I mean, that I match agree.
1: Might have been the worst hey, I that's, that's, that but that's that's match. I agree. That's not how horrible. you <laughs> it. You said if, you didn't bring up Brock's name. They, you just like you just dropped that all off on Dean. Well, you know, here's the thing: when one of the guys consistently has. Great and entertaining matches against just about everybody else, and the other guy is Dean Ambrose, mostly stinking up the joint on pay per view. Uh, yeah, I'm probably going to blame Ambrose a little more than Lesnar, although everybody has to get has to get a little bit of the blame there.
2: That's more fair. I wouldn't say totally <laughs> fair, but that's more fair.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I don't know, but I, I've seen Dean Ambrose like you know as much shit as he gets from folks, and I feel like it. Dean Ambrose might be the most fascinating guy in WWE as far as, like, trying to judge his career on how many good promos he cuts, how many bad angles he's involved in, and how many good matches he has. Like, none of it adds up to, like, if we were coming up with a math equation, the answer would never be correct. Like, no matter if we showed our work or anything like that, because we can point at how many four-star matches he's had on pay-per-view throughout the year, and he's, like, one of the three to four best guys. And then there's just something that doesn't click.
2: Well, the song that that clicks is, like, there are two Dean Ambrose's. There's the Ambrose everybody wants, where he is, like, uh, some take of of Terry Funk slash Austin slash Piper, where he's based, like, the devil with no care that that, that, that does what he wants, the the bathroom brawler, whatever type. And then there is that same guy, but it is, like, skewed towards comedy. And when he's skewed towards comedy and given the way that, like, he... Like his his terrible win rec- win loss record at, at uh, on pay per views, it makes him look like a mid card geek.
1: Uh see, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go in a different direction. The only Dean Ambrose I want to see is the guy standing next to Dolph Z- Ziggler pumping gas at the local Seven Eleven and not on that TV <laughs> every week. Man, this guy is harsh. Um,
2: so, yeah. who, so who else? Okay, so if if Dolph is pumping the gas. And Dean is the one uh, wiping the windshield. Like, who is the one? Who else will be uh, there? Like in that in that in that pit crew. Like, who is the person that's shining up the tires? And Are finish gas. Tires?
1: It's pretty much just those two. They're they're really alone on their own island in my personal world of hatred. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. they're doing they're doing the oil changes. They're
0: changing all the tires. They're doing everything. It's a full service auto shop o- over at Finishell's <laughs> Gas. Like. <laughs> That's funny. All right, let's let's wrap this thing up here. So uh, who who do we have winning this match? Uh, Ignoring the whole elephant in the room with Chris Jericho that he could leave at any time. Uh, Who's going to win in
1: in you guys' minds? Well, see, so so I I feel like you can't ignore that elephant in the room. I feel like that's a huge factor here. Logic says that Chris Jericho would get some redemption here, right? I mean, he's Mm -hmm. been on the short end of the majority of this feud, right? Kevin Owens is the one who turned on him. You know, Logic would say, okay, Jericho's going to get his revenge here. But from a long-term perspective, you know, KO is the, well, we'll call him quote-unquote younger star. He's definitely not young by any stretch of the imagination, but he's the newer star that's mm-hmm. still on his way up. Um, you know, Jericho is leaving. I mean, he's probably leaving right after WrestleMania. So does it really make much sense to, uh, to give him the, uh, the title? And ultimately, uh, and and the win. And ultimately, my my biggest previous hang up to saying that Owens was definitely going to win was that I just don't see him carrying the U.S. title for very long. I think he's above it. I think they have much bigger plans for him, and I I don't think he'd be carrying it for very long. But, you know, ultimately, I think that KO will win. Jericho tends to do what's best for business and likes to put guys over. You can tell he's got a lot of respect and admiration for Kevin Owens, and I think that's the way that they're going to go. So I fully expect Kevin Owens to look pretty strong in victory, win, win cleanly here, and uh, have that be that, and then maybe drop the U.S. title the next night on Raw, possibly to a guy like Sami Zayn.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with Ow- Owens as well. Um, I understand that, you know, this whole entire feud is about Jericho jumping through or pretty much getting a friend after being such a jerk, come to appreciate it. Sticking his neck out, bending over backwards, doing everything possible for this friendship to work out, and then getting screwed at the end, um, and then coming back and get you know get the redemption or revenge that he deserves. Um, but for me, Jericho is so creative, and he'll that if he loses and goes somewhere else and comes back he'll always still be Jericho. He'll always find a new way to get himself back over again in a new, in a new way. Um, So I think, I feel like for, you know, just for the immediate future, I feel like Owens needs this more. And I feel like he could really be a, a a nice um, secondary champion. Like he's way over, he's way overqualified. I mean, he just was a top champion, but I mean, it's similar to, you know, when Daniel Brown was intercontinental champion and, and Cena was the U.S. champion. Just like if you know, these ultimately they're secondary belts. But if you put the right person with that belt, that that can elevate the belt.
0: Man, we'll we'll never know how great that was going to be with Daniel Bryan holding the I.C. title seen to be in the U.S. champion supporting Rollins like as a world champion like like Rollins was set up to win like so epically but it just we never got to see it through. Um, I'm gonna go a different way from you guys. I'm gonna go with Jericho uh, getting to win like defending the title here. Um, a- as David mentioned, like he just kind of sparked it in my mind. Like I, Kevin Owens is above the U.S. title, uh, and but you know with the victory that doesn't mean that. Jericho still can't lose the championship the next night against someone else right. via, you know, Kevin Owens destroying him uh, after a match, writing him off forever, and then letting someone like, you know, a Strowman or a heel take the U.S. title, you know, with them that way. Um, that's just my prediction, but uh, that's pretty much also. My... Also, oh. one more thing. Yep, go ahead. Also, one more thing. The Kevin Owens,
2: even getting back in NXT from day one, the Kevin Owens uh character has always been I'm a prize fighter and and I know he's I know he's been without prizes before and he's been perfectly fine. But Kevin Owens is like really, really good as a heel champion. He's really, 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 really good. So like I would like for that dude to be out here, be out here carrying around a belt, putting in people's faces, raising over people's hands, being a jerk. Like he's so good at it.
1: Yep. Yeah. You know, I think we can't discount the the idiocy that is the WWE booking sometimes and that they could go for the short-term <laughs> pop of having Jericho win after it's always with the list.
0: WrestleMania, yeah. like, all yeah. WWE big shows, I, I often say this, and I, you guys have heard it throughout the week, uh, They take whatever you think is going to make sense at a big show and go the other way. Like, <laughs> and that's all I'm doing here.
2: I would say, like, of all the big matches, can you think of a bigger lock? like, in your mind of, like, what most people think is going to happen.
0: I mean, Lesnar beating Goldberg, but...
2: Oh, yeah, that's true. Never mind. We're drawn. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I kind of think Lesnar's the lock of all locks at this point. Although, could you imagine if they had Goldberg squash him again? I feel like they could. It's totally on the table. It's totally on the
2: table. And the reason why you you could do that is because you can have, like, let's say uh, Roman actually does uh, retire the Undertaker. You can set up a spear versus spear match at SummerSlam between Goldberg and Reigns, They have this new brand new he, gigantic nuclear heel basically kill the Undertaker, kill Goldberg, and then go to WrestleMania and fight Brock. I, I think you, you could, could do that. Do that even if Goldberg loses, right? Yeah, they could. I mean, but it, it, you know, they they Some like add the, to the big things like yeah. how they're doing it. Goldberg and Lesnar. So
1: before we get
2: about yeah. it, any fun- here, yeah, here's the
1: thing though. They've they've gotten as much as they can out of Goldberg at this point. I mean, like, there's a difference between part-timers, like, you know, The Undertaker, who comes in and still puts on one of the best shows out of everybody every every WrestleMania, and a guy like Brock Lesnar, who people are interested in seeing, you know, the physical feats that he pulls off in the ring, and Goldberg, who literally can't do anything anymore. He can't move. He could never sell. He could never – I mean, he – could never really wrestle for all intents and purposes. Agreed. He, agreed. He literally can't do anything, so agreed. I think they've, they've paraded him out there as much as they can as champion at this point because you can only have one type of match with him. Stall as much as possible. Don't let anything happen in the ring, and then let him hit a spear and a jackhammer. I mean, that's literally all you can do. Um, I know this is way off topic, but like, I don't know how they possibly get more than six minutes out of this match because Brock Lesnar uh-huh. doesn't really sell for anybody. And do you really think Goldberg at his age and physical health can take any of those suplexes? I really don't think so. So I mean, what the heck are they going to do for even 6 or 7 minutes? I mean, it just it blows me away. Yeah. Uh,
0: you
2: got a point. You got a point. I mean, I you know, we all we I mean, we are we are all watching wrestling in 98. We all know Goldberg's limitations even when he was 20 years younger. Um but there's something to be said for the fact that like this dude, given what we what like these fan bases that these big cities have gone through, and how, and, and you know, what's almost predictable and what we know, and for him to not get booed like complete, like Batista booed out of the arena every single night he shows up, still says something for like people actually like like this dude.
1: Well, you know, it's really unbelievable when you think about it because yes. um, shocking. Has there ever been anyone? That's shown up multiple times throughout wrestling history and just absolutely dominated the way he has. I mean, let's obviously – let's talk about it, right? So ni- ni- 1998 WCW, right? Obviously, we had the streak and he was the yeah. hottest thing going. Yeah. And yeah. they probably derailed him too early. WCW would have been better served to just keep the belt on him for as long as possible. But then he comes back in what? 2003? 2004? Yeah. I can't remember when it was. No, it was yeah, a lot later. It was 03. It was Was it 03? Yeah, yeah. And you know, he comes back, he beats The Rock, he beats Jericho, he beats Triple H for the title, right? Has a great run, and the, the run only goes south when he decides to leave and him and Lesnar get booed out of the building. Now he comes back again, he's 100 years old, the crowd is still giving him the best reactions, squashes Lesnar immediately, wins the world title, and is now headlining WrestleMania. I mean, for a guy who really doesn't have a ton of talent in any aspect of the wrestling business... The guy has just absolutely crushed it everywhere he's been. I can only think of a couple parallels.
2: I can only think of one parallel, a true parallel, but I can think of ones that like match because, like, in a way, he's almost like a monster face.
0: And he's like, a, like reverse. He's a monster.
2: He's a monster face. So he's like, they, like, like, he's like a reverse Psycho so, yeah.
0: Sid. Like- he's Sid, <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. He's Sid, exactly. Like Sid. Sid still <laughs> work he a leak Sid had that body. Sid was intense as hell. Wait, guys, Sid guys, looked like he could
1: kill you. Guys, I'm, I'm not really happy with how this is going. Can we start over? <laughs> no, I'm
2: just saying. Like Sid, the only two matches Sid ever had in WrestleMania were main
1: events. Right. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like that's nuts. Um. So so I
0: do, totally do bought up? Psycho Sid as a kid. Totally did.
2: Like, okay. So, so remember Babyface Shawn My Babyface Shawn Michaels yeah, goes into chance. Survivor Series 96 and Madison yeah, Square Garden. Chance. And they do, and they, and as Rich as Rich has said described before, they were not having any bit of that pretty boy shit. Yeah. Like they come he comes out and like the crowd's booing him, and then Sid comes out and he's like, Who the ruler? I'm the ruler of the world. Who's
0: the Who's man?
2: Who's a, man? <laughs> a monster heel? Fist bumping little kids in the crowd. I can't explain it, but Sid just—he was always able to get over. I don't know how, Look, I don't know Sid why, turned, but he always was.
1: This was so, is, so this, Goldberg. This was the line, I guess James. It's that hit factor you just can't put your hands on.
0: Yeah, James, this was the line. I was like, Sid turned crowds against Hulk Hogan and Shawn Michaels in their prime, and I have no idea how he did it.
1: <laughs> you know, funny thing though, he led to two of the worst main events ever. I, I did a uh, yes, you yes. Know, my, absolutely. One of my big column series was, uh, was, uh, you know, I ranked the WrestleMania main events, you know, in the last match to close. And he was, two of like, the worst ones. I mean, no yeah. question about it, you know, yeah. obviously, uh, you know, th- thank God for John Cena versus the Miz and a dusty finish or else he definitely held the, uh, the two worst of all time. I mean, it's really ridiculous. I, I look, I love
2: um i is my, is either my second or my favorite, uh, wrestler of all time. Like it's a tie between him and Sean and I will never, ever choose. Uh, WrestleMania thirteen, in my opinion, is war- given like the 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 Sean the presence of Sean showing up. The um like WrestleMania thirteen is like the main event is like even and I've said this before, even the main event of WrestleMania thirteen is about Sean and Brett hating each other's guts. Yeah. They like,
1: absolutely.
2: Brett, like, so that whole thing is overshadowed. Brett runs in, gets tombstone before the ma- or uh, choke slam before the match or power bomb, one of the two. He comes back and he, he basically screws Sid just cause. And 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 then you know you get Undertaker as babyface, so, like a guy that the guy that never ever needed the belt like gets the belt because like Brett's a heel now. now. Austin's not ready yet. Sean has his pussy foot injury, as Brett called it. Like it was just a cluster of, of a, of a main event.
1: Yeah, kind of reminded me of a main event of like a shotgun Saturday night or something. Oh my gosh, we were just Speaking going to through- shotgun Saturday night, <laughs> Richard.
2: <laughs> yeah, like the shotgun Saturday night right before the Royal Rumble in '97. Um, Austin is doing commentary with, with Vince, and Terry Funk comes out, and they're in San Antonio in some bar. You know, it's always a small little place, and. He start, he says, I want to fight. I don't give a damn. I just want to fight. Who wants to fight? He he gets up on Ty Pennington's face and he calls him Penningale a bunch of times. Petting, not Gil Gail. He says, he takes a mic out of Pen Gale, hand and says, You wanna fight Penningale? Your mother's a whore.
0: Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes.
2: On my TV. He says, Your mother's a whore. Then he starts looking around. He sees Austin on commentary. He says, There he is. Stone calls Steve Austin. And the whole time. Austin is burying Funk on TV, calling him an old man, and he know he's not a real Texan, and I'm the greatest Texan that, that is understand. in this building. And then he's talking so you see Austin and, and and Vince have this conversation. And then over the over the over the, um, the, the the audio system, you hear him call out Austin twice, and at the second time, Austin leaves his train of thought and hears um and hears what funk calling him out, and he looks up with his face of bewilderment like have you lost your mind? I will kill you. <laughs> and then they get to the ring, and, and then Austin gets in the ring, climbs like basically moves through a, a wave of fans, goes over the barricade, gets to the ring, and then Funk slaps him, like playfully slaps him twice, like bring it on. Austin gives you know, Austin, you know, he used to swing for the fences when he used to throw punches. He hits him twice, Funk falls out of the ring and they go black. Like it was the great it's like the greatest thing ever out of nowhere.
1: Yeah. So I, I imagine him calling Pengel's uh, mother a whore didn't make it to the WWE Network then, huh?
0: Not there so, yet. No Shotgun was, Saturday Night yet, but it is on daily motion. It will live forever.
2: Yes. <laughs> in, in, the, in the best part forever. This, he calls it <laughs> and, ha- and they have the split screen up. So they have the split screen all, that's on Austin and Vince at the commentary table, and then they have Funk in the ring. So when he says your mother's a whore you can see Vince's face look like, like go from like commentating to fuck. Like this dude, you're not supposed to say that on live TV. Like, like you can, it was, it was just like the most incredible thing. Like, and oh, it is like, if they just like, obviously you can't call people whores, but if they let guys like just, you know, go feed on, into whatever their character is and go instead of like trying to script stuff and like feed off the crowd. Like, I just wish they trusted guys to feed off the crowd more. Like, that's the reason why the Miz is good. Miz is typically better when he can feed off the crowd's reaction than when he's in the backstage or he's doing a pre-tape. Obviously, you know, the Total Bella things he's been doing, like, those were great. But he's so good at feeding off the live crowd and Cena's great at it too. Like, there's so many people that if they gave him a chance that of just scripting them to, you know, fit into what they want them to be as characters, I feel like we could get this, the promo stuff over better. We as if I work there,
0: but you get what I mean. Yeah, they need they need to go go ahead and give you a call.
1: (laughs) Yeah, right. I think so much of it is you know they live in the PG era, and you know no matter what we say and how much edgier the product may be than you know even three or four years ago, it's still the PG era. And I think that they just can't take the risk of letting people go off and and just be themselves because some of the things that will get said will ultimately get them in enough pop water to make it problematic for them.
2: Yeah, you're right. You might have your top. You might have the top guy in your company call the person he's fighting at WrestleMania on the go home show a pussy, and then he had to bleep it out on seven second delay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was amazing oh, last night, man. Amazing, right? That that had to be unscripted,
1: right?
2: Oh well, you know, like Johnson's not going to get any heat for that, right? Yeah. I let the Miz have done that to him. He oh my gosh, they might
0: cancel his match. you know what we've had it we've had it with you no more marine movies you're done (laughs) but uh as far as kevin owens and chris jericho goes dave thanks for coming on the show we appreciate it and a little bit of overtime extra dave and i will be on chad matthews post wrestlemania podcast is will be the epic duel as they say uh we'll you know hopefully we get a good show so we can go in there have a good time but if not I am coming
1: prepared to rip him to bits. Well, no matter what happens, I'm going to think it's great and you're going to think it's terrible and I'll have to educate you. So I mean, it's no big thing. We will see.
0: All right, um that's going to wrap it up. Make sure you guys download the show uh for James
1: and Dave. Uh, Dave, you want to drop your uh, social media? Tell folks uh, where sure. gonna uh, find you can you can uh you can find me on Facebook at David Fenishel, It's F E N I C H E L or uh on Twitter at F F Fight League. Uh, happy to interact with anybody that wants to chat. I'm kind of a junkie like the rest of us. So, uh, yeah, drop me a line. And uh, thanks for having me, Rich. Much appreciate it. For sure, man.
2: Thanks for coming on, man. Definitely.
1: Peace.